presented by Facebook. Hey, what's up, Playbookers and Raguman of Olin? It's Thursday. Here's a question for you. If you're a vulnerable Democrat in a swing district, what exactly do you do? It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. With Memorial Day recess around the corner and much of President Joe Biden's agenda still stuck on Capitol Hill, a sense of helplessness has settled in among some Democrats. The closer they inch toward Election Day, the more unlikely they are to notch any additional legislative victories. And yet, voters are angry and demand action now. Just look at this quote from number 2 Senate Democrat Dick Durbin in a story from Politico's Burgess Everett Up this morning on the ongoing reconciliation talks between Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Joe Manchin. Quote, I put so much time into immigration on reconciliation. It took a year of my legislative life. I have nothing to show for it. He continued, I wish Chuck well on reconciliation. I'm going to focus my legislative efforts in the 60-vote world. So here's the thing, what's a vulnerable Democrat to do? Dems and swing districts have been asking this very question for months now. Here are a few strategies House Democrats seem to be employing to protect themselves politically. One, pass everything even if it's doomed. Speaker Nancy Pelosi has started employing a spaghetti-at-the-wall strategy. Pass everything, even if it won't go anywhere in the Senate, and return home to tell voters that at least they tried. The House majority will do just that this week, taking up bills addressing gas prices, the baby formula shortage, and domestic extremism ahead of a two-week recess. Politico's House coverage team had this to say, quote, The bills have a dual purpose, handing talking points to vulnerable Democrats to tout back in their districts and painting opposing Republicans as intransigent, a parallel that Democrats hope will resonate. As Representative Jamal Bowman told them, quote, We gotta show the people that we're working our asses off. Number two, always be selling. Last night, Biden took the rare step of invoking the Defense Production Act in an effort to confront and address the growing national shortage of baby formula. At almost the moment the news broke, frontline Democrats began claiming credit for the win. The White House seems all too happy to let these members have the spotlight. Last night, Chief of Staff Ron Klain retweeted Representative Abigail Spanberger, who trumpeted her own efforts to urge the White House to act. And number three, keep chasing that white whale. Chatter about possibly passing an elusive, pared-down version of Build Back Better continues, though few believe it's possible. Schumer and Manchin, who says he's open to a deal that raises taxes on corporations and the rich, funds climate and energy issues, and reduces the deficit as well as drug prices, have been meeting this week to see if there's any way they can move the ball forward. But as Burgess writes today, many Democrats are setting their own mental expectations. Quote, many on Capitol Hill now believe an agreement with Manchin just isn't going to materialize. Manchin says it's fair to say nothing's really happening. Senator Bernie Sanders said in an interview that the party needs to focus on bringing more progressives to Congress who would blunt the influence of Manchin and moderate Democratic Senator Kirsten Sinema. Here's what he had to say, quote, The crisis facing Democrats is because of people like Manchin and Sinema. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House at 9 a.m. Eastern. President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will meet with Swedish Prime Minister Magdalena Andersson and Finland President Salini Nisto to discuss Finland and Sweden's NATO applications. At 11.30, Biden will depart the White House to begin his trip to Seoul, South Korea. Biden's venture to South Korea and Japan this week will mark his first trip to the continent as president, which the White House sees as a chance to marshal support to offset China's growing influence. 
Here's what Politico's Philem Kine and Stephen Overly note are the five challenges awaiting Biden on his Asia tour. One, Seoul and Tokyo's bilateral bitterness. Two, countering North Korea's nuclear threat. Three, South Korea and the Quad. Four, selling the Indo-Pacific economic framework. And five, deepening India's Quad involvement. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan will gaggle aboard Air Force One. Here's what else is on the Vice President's calendar. At 2.05, the Vice President will virtually meet with abortion providers. The Senate is in today. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm will testify before the Armed Services Committee at 9.30 a.m. The House will meet at 9 a.m. with last votes scheduled for 3 p.m. Testifying before appropriations subcommittees today, DNI Avril Haynes and CIA Director William Burns, plus FDA Commissioner Robert Califf. All right, for more news, what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Monovalin. Have a good Thursday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook connects people, and they know meaningful connection can only happen on safe, secure platforms. That's why they've invested $16 billion in safety over six years. The impact? They've quadrupled their safety and security teams and addressed millions of pieces of harmful content and removed 1.7 billion fake accounts over the last few months. Learn more about how they protect their communities online and the work ahead at about.fb.com slash taking action.